Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace, and it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the Allbrace, and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. What's up, guys? Fortune Talk Podcast. We're going to get to it today and have some fun. Uh, it's We're recording quite a few today. We had uh, Mike Crydell in today, which you guys, if you're listening to this, you probably have already listened to that one. And that was like super, super interesting. We got to talk about leadership and culture and some innovation that uh, Genie's working on, which I thought was like super interesting. Out of all the companies and manufacturers in our industry, he seems to just have it together. Um, everybody's singing off the same same sheet, and he gave us like a golden nugget in that podcast about like how he accomplishes that with like six hundred employees. So. I was super envious and he gave me the secret. He gave you the secret. So if you haven't checked that one out, make sure you check it out. But right now we've got Chris Hine from Southwest Florida, uh, who barely got missed, I believe, from the the recent uh, attack from the hurricane. So how are you, man? I'm doing good. Yeah. And uh, we, for me personally, we were all good. There's a lot of people that got pretty messed up from this thing and uh but i'm very thankful that i, I wasn't one of them so it, it gave us some some downtime to go out and help people and gut houses and do all that stuff so uh i'm thankful i didn't get hit you kind of get some guilt about it but fortunately it put us in a spot where we could go help people and uh yeah that was at least cool and and a lot of people don't know but there's like a whole process that goes on when something like that happens and um there's phases and the first phase like you like all these people are coming in to help but they'll keep you out they'll block you out like doesn't matter what you came for like they won't let you in the danger zone um and then there's another phase where it's like okay we're collecting stuff and we're setting up these like uh places where everybody goes to to get food and whatnot and then there's like stages and they got it down pat like i don't know if I mean, you're, you're from Southwest Florida, so you probably experienced this, but for people who aren't in hurricane areas, like it's very organized and systematic. And like, if you try to go down there too early, they even get mad at you. Cause that's happened uh, before with me. So I'm like, oh, we're going to help pack up the truck. Let's go. And you know, you roll down there. It's like the next day and they're like, no, 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 no. 
you can come back in two weeks when we got this thing organized. Hold uh, your horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what's interesting about you, Chris, is that you have found a way to promote local business and help local business owners get the word out about their company. This is super interesting to me because recently I got connected with, um, what's her name, Emily? Is it Emily Best of Buford? Emma Lloyd. Emma, Emma that's right. Emma is amazing. Um, she just moved to Buford not too long ago. She moved back to Buford and she started an Instagram called Best of Buford. And this is the town that we live in. And so what she does is she charges and she'll go to your place and she'll do a reel and she'll do like a voiceover and she posts it and it gets lots of love. And the people that she does that for people will kind of, they'll get like a little boost of business during that time, which is super cool, right? Like, I mean, as a small business owner, uh, family owned, and you're trying really hard, whether you're a restaurant or a service company or whatever, I just feel like, you know, you're sometimes feel like you're grasping at straws or there's so much outside noise that no matter what you post on social media or what you do, you just have a hard time getting the, the name out. Um, and I, I remember that feeling. And so um, stuff like that makes a big difference. And Chris, you're doing that in Southwest Florida, um, helping business owners kind of cut through the noise and you're building a following in your community. So tell us a little bit about that because, and, and I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. I've been encouraging our industry to do their own podcast for a while. And I feel like this is kind of a roadmap to how some of these guys could do this. Um, so if you don't mind, share your, a little bit about your success and how you structured it. Yeah, for sure. And, and kind of one of the, the big things that I'm seeing, probably what you get some pushback on when you tell people to start their own podcast is either the cost or not knowing where to start or what to do, things like that. So I started a podcast in the past where it was more personal and then I was producing one for another business. And when I was producing one for that business, I realized kind of the power of these conversations and the amount of content you create can create. And that was in the aviation industry, private aviation. So like not a huge industry, it's, it's big, but you would think that, oh, you know, you know, nobody would care, but people get pretty pumped about it. So when I was actually going through and, uh, and doing that, I learned the power of it and I was having a tough time kind of growing my own personal podcast. And I would always get the question of like, Hey, how's your podcast going? And do you charge to be on it? And I'd be like, I don't charge because you know, it's my artistic integrity and I don't want to ruin it and all that kind of stuff. You're an and, artist. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to keep it open to be like uh, whatever I wanted to talk about. And so I was like, Hey, what if I start a local podcast that I charge people to be on? But I was like, what do I need to do to actually charge people? Cause I can't just go to people and be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm Chris Hahn. You gotta pay me to talk to me. Like yeah. you go like, Hey, you know who I am, bro. Yeah. Hey, why don't you uh, get out of my office? So <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to make sure I can bring value and I have a studio here. I have the cameras and I realize it's really hard. It's even hard for me to do it. I've gotten a lot better and I've got, you know, I have an employee and we, we've got it systematized, but it's hard to make content and make it look professional. And also if you go to just get on camera and start talking, it's, 
it's not very natural, right? It's sometimes it can be like, oh, I'm, I don't know what to do. People's shoulders like go into their freaking heads. And uh, yeah, I've been there before. I film solo stuff now. It's and it, it kind of so much better behind the camera than I am in front of it. <laughs> yeah. And then you tell the people, guys, calm down, relax. You're doing fine. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. They're like, fine, you come over here and do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's good. You're doing no, great. I don't want to steal your thunder. I don't want to steal this. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so kind of by doing this, I realized like, okay, if I can help, I've been in sales for a long time and I, I've been listening to podcasts for like 10 years. I've got this whole setup. If I can help people tell their story, um, like part of sales is you start to understand what people's pain points are and things like that, how to bring it out of them. So I just flip it and go, Hey, let me ask you questions that help you explain the pain that you solve for your customers. So rather than us talking uh, just about, you know, like, Hey, you know, how's the weather and things like that, I can dig in and be like, Hey, you're a software company. What's the pain that you're solving for your customers or you're a home inspection company, or you do this or whatever it might be. How are you helping those customers? And by doing that, I get them talking. They talk about stories from their business and we go in and we chop those clips up. So that way they have a full interview that we put out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and we're promoting it on our social media, everything like that. But we're also creating marketing content for them. And part of the main thing that I was running into was that with the last thing, a lot of podcasts, it's hard to monetize. Either you can monetize it through the guests that you have, and maybe that leads to more business or if you just get famous suddenly, then you can do it from ads. That's like, I don't even know how that works or how people do it. Uh, but then this was a way that I could set something up that was sustainable. I can bring in real money and I've created a business around this. And then now the next season that we're doing, we're actually doubling down on the platform that we've built. We're charging, I think like four times more than we did last time. But now we're going to go from getting roughly like, 50 to 100 viewers per episode and promote it to Naples and Fort Myers to where we think we can get about 2000 views per episode. So if we can give these local business owners a platform to talk about their business for an hour and have 2000 people locally see that at least, um, like that's kind of the value that I want to bring to them. That's awesome. I mean, so many gold nuggets in that, right? When it comes to promotion, I mean, you're talking about uh, like macro content, micro content, you know, you've got different strategies for the different types. You got long form, short form. I mean, you're cutting it up. You're promoting it on your network. They're promoting it on their network. So as a business, like I always, as a marketer and a business owner, I always try to have a mindset of like, how do I get in other people's circles that are beyond my reach? Right? Like mm -hmm. when it comes to social media, that's what the, that's the game. Like you can post to your people all you want, right? They're going to like it. They're fans. Yay. Great. You know, you can ask them to share it, whatever. Um, but how do I get into circles that I'm not currently, you know, one or two connections away from. And in a lot of cases, like stuff like this is perfect because I can pick up some followers that I wouldn't have normal normally picked up. But what happens is it's like a trickle effect, right? Because then they like it or they share it. And now I'm in another circle of people that I wouldn't have been in. 
and it just keeps picking up. And so the more content you post and is if it's good, those people like and share, and then it starts getting suggested to their friends. Hey, Billy liked this, you know, and they think that you might like it and then they follow it. And so these are all great strategies and especially like nothing happens in cities that doesn't really run through business owners or politicians. So being connected with some of the most influential people in a city or a town is hugely beneficial, right? Like you, you can, you're not only connecting with the people they know, but you're connecting with their customers too. And so um, as a business owner who offers a service, let's say like Aaron overhead doors. Okay. This is my door company. And I wanted to say, Hey, what's a cheap, easy way for me to create content and get into other people's circle? Well, you could do like what Emma does where you literally just go over there and do a quick, you know, two minute interview on Instagram and do a live, right? Super easy. You could do a podcast like Chris is doing where you're interviewing other business owners in the community, which I think builds clout. It builds authority and makes you like, they're going to, even though they're paying Chris, they probably still are like, Hey man, thank you for helping me. Right. And when do you get in a position like that where people are paying you and thanking you, you know, I do that in the drive-through. It's weird. Like I say, thank you. And they don't even, they're like, okay. And they hand me the food. And I'm like, why did I even tell them? Thank you. I just paid for that. Like, it's because I'm freaking hungry. And I'm like, this is, I waited till the last minute, but that that's kind of the same mentality that you're creating is, Hey, you're offering a service that that's not really available to them and you're doing a good job, obviously. And so people are willing to pay for it, but they're also grateful for it. And that's where you want to be. You want to get in that, that gratefulness range where people are like, man, you really helped me, even though I paid for it still helped me. And that means a lot because the, you know, we pay for things a lot that don't work. So that's why I'm such a big fan. And then like you can on triple, like I'm talking like being able to use this content in so many different ways, you could have it translated, right? There's like translation services out there where you can then embed the podcast on your website, translate it, and then have that be SEO for your website transcription like, not translation yeah did i say translation mm-hmm. oh i meant transcribe so actually though you're the i like you said translation because that all right is getting me thinking of something else so hey thank you for the uh yeah yeah well we're in a huge hispanic community not far from here so you know you could translate it but transcription can be done through a company called Rev and there's other companies similar where they do like a dollar a word or whatever. If you're doing 15, 20, 30 minute episodes, it's not horribly expensive. It'll do it all for you. Send you the transcription, you copy and paste it. Maybe you hide it and just put like a little toggle bar or something where you say, Hey, if you'd like to read the transcription, click here, you click it and it expands. Um, So you can make it look clean on the website. But these are great strategies, and I think that not a lot of people are capitalizing on it enough. And if you really want to be like a computer, like a local contributor and influencer, this is like a great way to do it. 
A hundred percent. Well, and do you, can I ask you a question just about you doing this podcast? So what, what have you seen by doing this podcast for yourself, just so people can get a sense of the opportunities it creates? What, what are some of the opportunities that have opened up because of doing this that you could have literally not imagined when you started doing this podcast? Man. That's great. That's a lot. Um, I never in a million years had the expectation that the podcast would do as much as it has. Um, it's a very niche podcast where majority of our listeners are in the garage door industry. Um, I started it with the premise that majority of the owners that I met in the door industry were installers or technicians previously. And I was a business person. And so I kept finding them asking me all these same questions and I was getting hit up on Facebook. Like people were asking me questions. And so um, I was like, okay, I'm seeing the same questions being asked. I could probably just do a podcast and do it that way. And when we launched the podcast, we had two sponsors already, uh, which was great because it's a super targeted audience. We're talking to business owners. So suppliers in the garage door industry were very interested. There was nothing else like it at the time. Um, so what it's done for me is, you know, we spend $0 on advertising with my marketing agency. So the first thing that it did was um, it's our primary lead generator for our marketing agency. And we've been able to go from startup to this year will be seven figures strictly based on in three years. Um, strictly based on the podcast, I would say. Is Seven probably. figures in three years from the podcast. Incredible, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and it's so blessed and humbled by it because that was not the intent. It just kind of happened. Uh, but then it also gives me authority um, with, you know, suppliers in our industry uh, who reach out to me and want to learn about our business and want to be a supplier for us. So it, it's helped connect me. Like I've got the opportunity to talk to uh, like Mike Crydell. Like he's a great example, right? He was just here an hour ago recording a podcast. He's the president of the genie company, like the garage door opener, like 600 employees, hundreds of millions of dollars, the president like came to Atlanta and he was like, Hey, I'm meeting with home Depot. Why don't I just stop by and see Ryan? I'm like, well, what really? Like, um, so you got that. And then it's actually launched this whole consulting business that I've got now where I'm flying around the country doing consulting, uh, coaching, sales training, leadership, culture, and then that sparks, or before that sparked a, like, a, um, we call, I call it a peer group called Garage Door U that we have 30 something business owners all meet on a regular basis and collaborate and learn from each other and uh, make each other better. So this podcast has been like, like on all these other things, right? Like just exploded everything around me. And I've been like, super blessed and tamara has been on the ride and she's she wasn't with me when we first started but um she's been super helpful and it's been great like this whole this whole thing so i owe a lot to podcasting and and you know you the first year i was probably looking at it like oh my god this is a drag like i gotta do this again this week you know 
but then you start to see the fruit from it and you're like, holy cow, like this is starting to pay off, but it takes time. You know, Gary V talks about how he did 500 something episodes before anybody, like each episode would have like two or three views and you got to like five something and all of a sudden they started exploding. Like, could you imagine doing a video a day, 500 something episodes or how many ever he was doing a, a week or whatever a day. And, and then like, you know, you, you're like, man, I could do that. But then you have all these insecurities pop up and they're bubbling. They're like, what if I say something wrong? Or what if I do something wrong? And what I immediately went to was what did Gary V look like in his first video? So I went and I looked at his first video, the lighting was shot. The video quality was, and the audio wasn't that great. And I'm like, this dude just jumped in and made it happen, but look at him now, right? Like look at the evolution of Gary V from wine tasting in a dimly lit room with not great audio and a little bit of nervousness to on stages worldwide talking to tens of thousands and millions of people. Like that is what the power of a podcast can do for you. No, it's, in, it's incredible. I did the same thing with Joe Rogan as I was going back and starting my stuff of like, what did the first one look like? And it looks terrible, <laughs> but, and it's like, but that's where you got to start. And actually it's, you brought something up. It was like, you do 500 of those videos getting nothing crickets, right? Two videos means that your mom watched one. Or your yeah. Watched one. Right. Yeah. They watched yeah. Maybe Commenting. One I'm so proud of you, honey. <laughs> and then somebody from India came across their YouTube account as well. And so that's all that that means. And you're, it's like very random and there's nothing to it, but you're going through and then all of a sudden it explodes a year and a half, two years later. But I think what people miss with this is that it is a journey. And when you start, you suck, you're going to suck. And people want to be really popular. They want this stuff to work really fast, but it's kind of like the universe's way of giving you like a free pass to just practice because it's like, Hey, you're terrible at the beginning. You don't know what you're asking. You're saying like, and um, more than you're saying real words right. and you're really nervous and your thoughts don't make sense and nobody's watching it. And that's actually perfect. And people don't realize, Hey, if I just take the time and like go through the grind, deal with nobody really watching this and nobody really cares about this conversation, except me and the person I'm talking to, by the time you hit that year in and you're ready to give up and then people start paying attention you're actually pretty good. Like, mm -hmm. like you're running this conversation, you're hosting it. You're uh, there's no like discomfort here on either side. And it's like, it's like, okay, you've been doing this. Like you've got the flow. This conversation probably wouldn't have been going like this. If we were in your second episode, it's like, it's all clunky. And I didn't know what the hell to ask people. I was like, right. well, Hey, what's interesting. And now that we've been doing this for, I know I probably interviewed like 80 people at this point in a year, maybe uh, it's much smoother. So now as we go to get to this next season and really pour the gas on this little fire that we built, like I'm comfortable to go for that ride versus like, well, this, <laughs> this kid's an idiot and uh, <laughs> a lot of people are seeing it. So it's, I think people forget that piece is like, don't worry that nobody's, really paying attention at the beginning, take the time. Um, some guy said it to me very well, like a week after I started a podcast, he goes, 
oh, you started a podcast. Great. Do 50 and then come back to me and let me know how it's going. I was like, 50? 50. I was like, damn. And he was actually, he was right. Spot on. Yeah, you had to willing you had to be willing to fail or yeah. do it badly. Oh yeah. I I was they say like you got to be a fool before you can be a master and it's just right. like fool 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 fool. Oh, all right. I think um I see a path to being a master but <laughs> still in the fool phase a lot. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And I think it's magical because that applies to almost every area of our life, Everything. right? Everything. Not mm-hmm. just like podcasting or whatever. My son He's a perfectionist and he's so good at almost everything he does. So, you know, we're having these conversations now. It's like, you know, if he tries something and he doesn't give it his all because he's just trying to gauge whether or not he'll be good at it. And then if he doesn't think he's going to be good at it, he'll be like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'll be like, what, bro? Like, dude, are you scared of failure? Like, just go out there and do it. Right. Um, and, and he's good when he does. And so, uh, you, like we carry these insecurities with us throughout our lives. And then we use excuses like, I don't know how to do a podcast to cover it up. Right. Yep. When there's like 50 billion, how to start a podcast videos on YouTube. And, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm a phone call away, you know, who um, my Wi-Fi is not working. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it could be anything. Right. So it's like, what do I talk about? well, I don't know, what are you passionate about, right? Like ever since I was a kid, I've had a passion to share my life, my stories, help people with my words. And this allows me to do that and kind of get that gratification out of it. And we we are on episode, we're, we're on season what, eight? Season eight, yes. So what's seven times 20? 140. 140. So we're, we're at about 145 episodes mm-hmm. right now um wow nice and we've we've done very well like it's funded itself we have three sponsors now we've had as many as four but i feel like that's probably too many for what we do uh so i scaled it back and we don't need the money because we've been able to buy like all the best equipment you know i'm working on sure mics and uh and i got the roadcaster pro over here you know like I mean, really, I got two of these things. I got one in my house and one here. You know, I got sure mics here. I got uh, Audio Technica headphones. I mean, it's all paid for by sponsorships. And shout out to our sponsors. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer's not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product, and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, 
you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. Uh, but there's super great partners. And um, and then we're like, you know, who knows, man? Maybe you don't make money directly, but you make money indirectly. It's kind of like in-game purchases, you know? You download the game, you start playing it, and then you're like, hmm, I want to sell it, accelerate this. So you pay for it. Like, same thing. Get people hooked on your content. It's like crack rock. And then, you know, <laughs> price or start selling something. Promote your business. Yeah. Well, and dude, so how did you, how did you, I, I looked at your LinkedIn and I saw that you've been in a bunch of different businesses, growing them, different things like that. I mean, how did you get into this industry, like in the garage door industry? Yeah. So I've talked about this quite a bit. So I'll give like the high overview, but I was in software. Uh, but prior to that, a marketing agency and my client was Aaron Overhead Doors in California. And he kind of like, uh, over time, he, um, he and I became good friends. And so the software company that I was at got acquired. I saw the writing on the wall, wasn't a good fit with the new company. So I started exploring, right? And I was just like, you know what? I want to do something completely different. I don't want to be in conference rooms on conference calls and, you know, all this stuff on Zooms all day long. <laughs> back here. Um, and so he was like, dude, start a garage door company. So I flew out there, trained with him, came back here, launched the company. And it's been very successful ever since my general manager took over. <laughs> so I'm good at starting stuff, you know, working is it, um, I get a lot of gratitude out of work. Um, like, you know, I'll put in 15, 16, 18 hours and it doesn't bother me too much, but you got to love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And so I love to build. So right now I'm in the building phase of my marketing agency and, um, I just hired a manager to, to run the day to day. I've got someone running the day-to-day -day over at my door company. And now we're looking at starting another, another business. So I like to start. I like to build. Um, it brings me a lot of gratitude and, um, and uh, it helps me stay focused on something other than trouble. Because if I get bored, that's what I tend to lean towards. Hey, I don't blame you. And um, what did you do before doing this. I was just going to tell you, I was in software, the company got acquired, didn't really like the direction it was going. And I started this business. Nice. <laughs> I, uh, okay. I, I know the feeling. Um, well, and, and now I'm going through the, this is the first business that I've ever started and run and done all that stuff. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you about is as you're growing your business, right? Cause I'm in, the, I think I'm, I'm in line with what you're talking about. I like starting these things. I like building it. Everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about with a podcast? You're going to do what? And it's actually kind of fun because then not many people are doing it. So I'm not competing with a lot of people. So I don't have to view a lot of people as competition. Plus I can do stuff creative kind of sucks to go into sales meetings and you're like, well, 
try to think of it this way, but uh, that part kind of sucks. But now that it's going, it's getting better. Um, but how do you know when to when it's time to bring that next person in to start taking stuff off your plate and to start letting people run things? And like, what are what are some of the metrics that you look at, whether it's your your time or the amount of time that you put into things? Like how, how do you focus on that and then make that decision? So I based it on a couple of things, I would say first and foremost, you know, as business owners, I always viewed my income as a suck on the business, right? Like, um, I know that's probably not the way you should look at it, but I always viewed my income as kind of like, this is in the way of me hiring somebody, you know? And I know that's definitely not how you should look at it, but if you eliminate that and you say, Hey, okay. Um, I don't have the money to hire somebody right now, but I really need somebody, but you don't have the money because you got to pay yourself. Right. And that's, what's great about owning multiple companies because you don't have to take so much from just one. You can take a little from all. Um, but mm -hmm. to answer your question is as soon as possible would be the best answer is soon as humanly possible like the faster you can hire somebody the earlier it's all about it's what's more important is who right are they a good fit and are they going to get the job done because your first hire might be your most critical as far as like getting stuff done you know there's no hiding in a in a, in a one employee company you know like you're not you're not goofing off for two hours like you have to come in and grind and so um I would say that it's, it's most certainly um, as soon as possible. But the the bigger question is who and and what does that person look like? And do they have the work ethic? And do they buy into the vision? Um, and that's the key, right? Like you've probably seen it, but in, in software, like it's great because, you know, when I got hired on at the software company I was at, they, they pulled me in like, you know, the interview was in a shared office. Um, you know, I'm trying to locate the, the guy who works for the company that, that I was like interviewing with. And then he pulls me into this closet where it's like a table with some chairs stacked on it. And I'm like, is this like a closet that I'm interviewing in? And then, you know, he's, he's telling me all about it and he was super blunt, but he like cast his vision, told me how he had like started or joined early stage startups and grown them and sold like five or six companies successfully for a lot of money. And that was exciting to me. I was like, man, this is really cool. And he's like, but we only have like six months of runway here. And it's possible that we would have to let you go in like four or five. And I was like, cool, I'll take it. <laughs> and so uh, I took that job and that was the one that we ended up growing to 25 million annual revenue and selling for like 65 million. And um, we felt, we felt very good about that. Um, that was a huge success, but, but that, you know, in the early stage, you're selling a dream, an idea, right? it's an idea, but people love the idea of being part of something that's growing and exciting. And even, and, and, you know, as humans, we eliminate a lot of the adventure in our life because we like comfort and we kind of settle, right? So when you offer someone something that's adventurous and exciting and there's growth involved, people are like, Hmm, it's less than I'm making now, but that looks like I'll get my life back. 
and I'll enjoy going to work every day. And you're like, I'll do it, you know? And so I think as business owners, we have to get really good at being like, Hey, listen, I know you make like the hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, how do you feel about doing 50 a year here? But, you know, I'll give you stock options and here's my vision for the company in one, three and five years and 10 years. And, and I think you could be a good part of that and help me get there. And that is what I think has helped me be successful as I can kind of see into the future and be able to cast that vision. And then once I find the right person, I latch on to them and I don't let them go until they agree to come work for me. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. No, I, I, I like that approach. I like the way that you put it there because I'm still relatively earlier on in this. So I've got a, I have a, a part-time employee who as the work comes in, he's, he's getting more and more full-time as, uh, as the contracts come in, which is a nice feeling. And uh, he's a younger guys, 19. And really what I was realizing is like the biggest chunk of my time that was pulling away from sales and bringing in revenue consistently was the production piece and uh, going through editing the audio clips, all that stuff. So he came in, taught him and learned it. And one thing that I'm kind of uh, learning as we go is he's really into YouTube and growing like these things and he's into the analytics and all this stuff. And it's, uh, it's cool to watch because we're both musicians and uh, he he's, he's got like a vision that he wants for his life and what he wants to do with music. And it's not really working in the traditional sense of the path of music. And so I've been there before. I tried to have bands. I had bands that failed. I was playing cover shows, all these things that you like have this vision of, I need to be in a band. Otherwise my life will suck. And then you go do it and you're like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And so part of what I'm kind of noticing, I don't know if you've seen this too, is I'm, I'm trying to tie in some of the things that he's got dreams of and things that he wants to do as motivation for growing with me because as we go through he's learning the editing he's doing all this stuff but i'm i'm not trying to put him in new spots where he's learning the like the youtube algorithms he's learning the social media stuff and then he's like hey would you mind if i applied this to my own stuff i'm like no dude that's the whole point is go take this apply it to your music so you can grow it and like take advantage of this. So instead of selling a beat for $10, you can go work with somebody who wants to pay you a thousand dollars for a beat and wants to work with you 10, 12 times a year and royalties and royalties and all that stuff. And so that's kind of, that's been cool that I, I kind of did on accident. I think just because we both are musicians. So it kind of lined up that way anyway but that's something i'm i'm realizing is helping with with the buy-in and it's also helping me figure out a path forward for the business and how we can do this in a way that we're both you know pumped to be a part of it because i've been like you said like something gets acquired and you're like eh like i've been i've been at plenty of jobs where i was like this sucks like oh the nine to five world uh, business professional world must suck so i gotta be in a band and it doesn't have to suck. So that's, that's something I've been learning. I'm, I'm playing around with just for the, the motivation piece and maintain that 
mindset of how do I help my employees accomplish their goals, there's no way you won't be successful. And you'll have people so. want to come. Oh, it's a hundred percent, bro. I'll guarantee it. I'll guarantee it because it's, it's the natural evolution of life. You are creating an opportunity for people to help you during a season while you in turn help them for their future goals. Right. And so the mindset of a lot of business owners are, um, Hey, I pay you come do your job. And then, you know, after you're done, you can go do your thing. And it's not, they don't care. That they doesn't get you fired up. Every boss that said that to you, you were just <laughs> like, Oh, hell yeah. All right. I'm yeah. ready. Dude, can I get some more work? No, it's, but that's the, that's <laughs> oh, the mindset of a lot of business owners is it's like, what have you done for me today? And you don't have that mindset. You've got the mindset of, you know, Hey, come in, kick butt, take names. And also, you know, uh, if you, you know, you can play with all these cool toys. If you want to do your own podcast, like you can do it on off hours, whatever, like, you know, we can do all these things together. Let me help you. Let me teach you. Let me show you. And, you know, at the same time, he's getting his, his passion itched, uh, of the music industry while also helping you. And that's a double win, bro. That's how you get the most excitement and passion out of your people. Well, and it's helping me too, because part, part of what I do to myself, uh, especially early on, and I'm, I'm getting over this now and I'm, I'm actually working on this stuff specifically, but you kind of start shrinking the scope of what this can be usually because of fear, things like that. And, uh, by talking through some of these things, it's actually helping me see the bigger picture for this business, because as I talk to him. And he gives some BS excuse to me about why he's afraid or what he can't do. And I'm sitting there like, that's not true. You could do this, this, and this. And then I go home at night and I'm like, tell that myself these same things. I'm like, oh, damn, dude, I'm <laughs> literally doing the same thing that, that he's doing. So it's helping me kind of break out of this. And as he gets into those like states of kind of fear, like we talked to a company that can help us outsource and streamline some of the stuff and it's stuff that he's doing now and and after we got off the call he's like it sounds like that's kind of my job and i'm like yes it is uh, don't worry this is not a replacement like i'm not looking to fire you you showed me that you can do something else that i think is actually more valuable i can control my costs this way we know that we're going to get it they may be able to do it at a higher quality than you because you're still learning. This is not a knock, but they can do it faster, all this stuff. And I can kind of put you in a position to manage what this company is doing. So you're going to get management experience. The things that you do are actually going to be more valuable to me. And it might seem like you're like eliminating your job, which you are, but you can turn around and and ask me for more money because the things that you're doing are making me more money. So Try to not think in a way of, oh, I got to protect this and all that stuff. Like, take a step back. I'm here with you. I'm not here to screw you over. I know you've been screwed over before. It's more like, hey, I need help. I see a bigger picture. Try to see this bigger picture with me. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to trying to weave that thread. Yeah. No. I mean, you're you're in a place where I think every early stage business is at, but you've got a mindset of winning, which it's hard to not think of yourself at the stage that you're at because you're like, 
man, I got to grow and I'm, I got to push, I got to grind, but you're, you're still aware and intentional about the person that you have working with you, which says a lot about who you are and the leader that you are. And I think that's super important. Um, and that's something that every person listening to this podcast can take away is you're at one of the most critical stages of your business and you're still concerned about your employee and making sure that they're fulfilling their passion. And dude, that is why you're going to be successful. Yeah. Thanks, man. And I just, I even look at it like, uh, I even look at it selfishly, right? Like I look at somebody like Mm -hmm. that, who's, who's young and has a lot of opportunity and has like a lot of skills that he might not even see. And I'm just like, man, if I'm going to grow something that can be sustainable, like I need to have people that are with me. Like, I don't want to do something where I'm going to have, like, I talk to all these people, like you can't hire any good people or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that might be true. I might be small enough where I don't feel those effects yet. So I'm not knocking that, but if I'm going to build something, I got to have people that are, are with me. Like I can't just do stuff for six months, think that everything's great. I'm going to be making money. And then just like the floor falls out. Like that can happen for all kinds of reasons. Freaking hurricane, natural disaster, car accident, all these things, things that you can't control. But like the, the stuff that I can control, I'd rather not ha- build something on, you know, sand. Like you, you don't want to build like a flaky team. I just want to, I even, it, like I said, it's like you do it selfishly, but it's let me deliver value for him. So that way it's a no brainer to deliver value for me kind of thing. You're establishing a culture early and every person you bring in is going to change that culture slightly. But as long as you maintain that mentality and we talked earlier about how I like to build stuff and you were like, Oh, I like to build stuff. And this may sound very pompous coming from me telling this story, but um, it's not just businesses that get me excited. It's the people, right. Being able to build people too, like, taking people who don't see their worth and helping them see their worth or helping them build skills that they didn't have before. Um, and th- that's important to me as well. Like I really enjoy lifting people up and helping them get to the next level too. And it sounds like you're the same way. And that's, you know, if you remove the people, I don't love building businesses. Yeah. Otherwise it kind of sucks. <laughs> it does suck really bad. Right. So then it's just like all on you and it's not really fun. The dynamics not there. So when you really zoom out, it's not that we love building businesses. It's that we love working with people, building businesses. And, and if you remove the people part, then it's no good. Well, and it's funny to think of it that way. Cause I I'm very, I'm not like private where I, I'm like, I try to be an, a ghost or anything, but I like my time alone. I like my time with my family, my wife, my daughter, like all that stuff. And just like, I only have like a handful of friends. So I'm not like this social people. I love people. Like I, I don't go out and like, oh, my heart bleeds for these people. But I'm like, no, the people that come into my zone, like you gotta, you gotta take care of them. I, I don't know. It's it's funny. I would never like be like, oh, I'm a people person, but I, I, it's it's cool to put it that way. I don't know. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Uh, Chris is an inspiration. Congratulations to you on starting your business and hiring your first part full time employee. 
Um, and then, and then finding the best spot for him and then trying to help him scratch his itch. And that I think is such a good lesson for all of us, right? Is it's a good reminder to make sure that we're treating our employees like people and not just people who collect a paycheck. So find out what's important to them. I think if you share that passion with them and hold them accountable to overcoming their fears, to accomplish their dreams, they're going to make your dreams come true. So I'm a true believer in that. And a business is nothing without the people and you can't do it all yourself. So stop trying. Chris, thank you so much, bro. We appreciate you. Keep doing your thing down there. I, I, I give you mad kudos because um, especially right now, I think is a great time to help promote the community and bring people together and support uh, small business. So uh, congratulations to you. You're in a great position to be able to help promote those businesses that don't feel like they have a voice and help them get in other circles. So uh, appreciate what you're doing down there. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for, uh, for these insights. Um, yeah, this, this stuff is super valuable to me as a, a newer business owner. So much appreciated. Thank you guys for the time. The pleasure.